Hello, and welcome to another episode of the podcast of Dark Water, in which we talk about the classic 1991 animated series, Pirates of Dark Water. I am your host, Sam. And I'm your other host, Richie. And much like Pirates of Dark Water, we like to add in things every episode and not explain it, like introducing ourselves. And we should, probably should have done that beforehand, but that's okay. We're we're learning. Ren is learning. Uh, well, actually, Ren is just already good at everything. So. Right. We so get some more flying, flying side picks this <laughs> yeah, episode. Exactly. So um, welcome back. Um, if you're tuning in for the fifth week in a row. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll try to do Thanks better. for joining Thank us. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, that's what I should have said. Um, so, yeah, so we are a podcast dedicated to talking about the Pirates of Dark Water animated series, and we have reached the last episode of the miniseries that was created for the show. Correct. So, originally it was released at the beginning of 1991 as a five part miniseries called Dark Water. Later that year, it's re released as Pirates of Dark Water that would continue further on for a total of, I believe, 21 episodes. Somewhere around there, yeah. Somewhere. But this is the fifth episode, the last part of the miniseries. Mm-hmm. And lots of stuff happens here. Yeah, absolutely. And if I were an executive in the early 90s, I would have, I would have, well, maybe not based on the first couple episodes, but. The way this miniseries wraps up, I am more excited about this show than I've, I've ever been. And I, I don't think I've seen past this episode, so I have no idea what's going to happen next. And I'm very excited to see what happens. Because if, uh, if you haven't taken notice by now, we are really big fans of the show and think that it's actually worth watching and maybe even rebooting in, uh, in a couple years. That would be great. We'll get back into that a little bit more towards the end. Exactly, yeah. So let's go over uh, what happens in this episode. This episode is called Victory. Victory. So uh, last week we ended on a cliffhanger. We had Tula betraying our uh, our team because the episode's called Betrayal, and that's what that's what happens. Right. And so this episode picks up pretty much where the last one left off. Yeah. Bloth was threatening to throw Conk into jail, and Tula was there offering Bloth the treasure. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually starts off by giving him the first treasure of rule and says she'll give him the compass after they talk. Mm. Um, Conk tries to have his life spared, but uh, Bloth throws him back down into the Constrictus. Mm. Um, during that time, everybody's betting against him. Mantis, the a commander we find out his his job is commander yeah it's right? not military advisor it's just a commander, commander. um and he is he d- is shown to be the top advisor yeah. or commander in this episode yeah um and he's betting that bloth will escape mm-hmm. bloth is thrown down to the constrictus and ren helps him up there he finds out that ren is alive yeah um and they actually kind of team up here for a while yeah uh fighting off the constrictus yeah this episode's full of unexpected team ups which i really enjoyed right uh and he block our conk bites onto the constrictus with his and holds on with his teeth. I don't know how many. I think he only has like three teeth. So I'm I mean, but they're very strong teeth. Very strong teeth. Um, you watched his Timothy tooth videos growing up, right? Um, before this, when Tula was betraying him, Ren couldn't believe that Tula is evil. Just showing how pure-hearted Ren is. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also Taryn. Mm-hmm. Uh, is uh, the character that we referenced last episode that was only there for a hot second yeah now yeah. taking it on he him. was poking in the last episode he was poking the water with a stick and this episode we find out why because he is the only person who can see dark water right his name is Taryn, not mm-hmm. unlike Taryn of the black cauldron uh sh- movie which is also a great book series <laughs> by lloyd <laughs> alexander movie. 
And a great, well, the movie. Mm, it's a great a, book series. It's a great book series. <laughs> uh, the movie is similar in artistic style as this, but has no like merit. Merit. <laughs> Uh, which I'm very sad about. This is kind of the the pirate version of Blackwater. It's the Black, <laughs> Pirates of Black Cauldron, uh, what it should have been. Anyways, uh, we find out that there's two moons, kind of like uh, the two sons of a Tatooine. Mm-hmm. So another Star Wars reference that we promised we wouldn't make again. Nope. Um, but anyways, back to Ren fighting the Constrictus with Conk. Mm-hmm. Um, they're escaping. They actually fight off, and the Constrictus again changes form. Yeah. Do you want to explain what the Constrictus looks like this time? Jeez, uh, the Constrictus doesn't isn't ever consistent on the show, and I I don't know if that's on purpose or not. It it kind of feels like it it just changes shape depending on what not only the surrounding is, but what it needs to be to attack the uh, the people whoever right. it's attacking. So it's a little bit of a bummer that it's not a consistent thing, but. To be fair, its mouth, it's always like a snake-like thing that has We've a... We've explained the, the constrictor like six times. Yeah. So this time, instead of it being like a bunch of separate snakes, it's it is one, one large kind one. of lizard. Yeah. But we also learned that it's not the only constrictus in the world. They even feared that there was another one on the ship. Yeah, yeah. Um, they are able to escape this one. They like somehow get a boat hook or something that holds boats. They somehow are able to get that to go down and yeah. Conk and Ren and Niddler are able to catch the Constrictus, which is huge yeah. in undertaking. But and I'll- that scene has one of my favorite parts of this episode. Uh, a running joke where, where Conk goes, Ren, I thought you were dead. And Niddler's like, yeah, that seems to be happening a lot nowadays or something <laughs> right. along those lines. He says it better in the show. It, you know, Nidler's hysterical, so he says it a lot funnier than I ever will. Right. But I, I kind of like that running joke where it's like, yeah, no. Why does everyone think we're dead? We're not. Yeah. Right. And um, Conk is recalled a piglet the whole episode, mm-hmm. which I thought he said. I thought that Nidler said idiot. Yeah. Um, but along the way of fighting the Constrictus, Ren gets stung by it. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Ends up being almost fatal. Mm-hmm. It's the only time we've seen Ren almost, you know, die or almost fail at like something fail at something right yeah because he's so good at everything but he he got well i thought he was just like scratched because it doesn't look like much but i guess you're right it is a sting and his arm starts glowing purple right and it looks Ag- pretty bad against his very dark tan he tanned <laughs> right. when he was under under in in the maelstrom he tanned yeah his much like the constrictor uh ren's tan and skin color changes constantly and not even like, uh, oh, because he's outside or inside and not even because it's like a lighting thing. It's just, it's so inconsistent. It's typical Hanna-Barbera. Yeah. <laughs> it's Huckleberry, Huckleberry Hound, Grape Ape, yeah, yeah. changing colors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's, uh, uh, but I'll give it some credit. Like this is like maybe the best Hanna-Barbera show I've seen. Right. Uh, comparatively. I mean, it's this, the, the Bible adventure show that they did. In the 90s and then, um, or in the 80s, and then like Jetsons and then like the Flintstones. <laughs> right. Yeah. A lot more action and continuity in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time that Ren is fighting in the sewers of the Maelstrom, Tula is up on deck. She and Bloth uh, go into his cabin, and mm-hmm. Bloth multiple times says that she is his kind of woman Ooh. um so he takes her to it's his, really gross he, he takes her to her cabin because remember bloth is this fat big white like pasty white pirate lord it's speaking to the mic 
pasty white pirate lord. <laughs> um, he takes her to his cabin. He finds a dead rat in his cabin and is like, well, at least he's trying to clean up for he's her. Trying to clean up. He yeah. he sweeps it away. Yeah. And she comes in and on his crab table. On his cra- it's a giant crab. Yeah. That thing is huge. Mm-hmm. It's a good like ten feet across. Yeah. Um, and it's a table, and uh, he's offering her gold. They have some. There's a little bit of flirtation there. Um, he offers to make her commander over Mantis. Ooh. Um, and uh, she says, let me count the gold first and runs off. Yeah. And then we turn back to, I think, Ayaz and, uh, I always forget his name, Lando. <laughs> um, well, Zuli. Zuli, there we go. Um, and they realize that Tula's betrayed them. Mm-hmm. She's taken the treasures. So they are going to go get them back from... Uh, they're gonna go chase her, and I can't remember. They, somehow they find out she's over with Bloth. I yeah. think they use a telescope and see her on board, mm-hmm. um, because they are on. No, they uh, wake up. They wake up. Yeah, find the treasures are gone. Look to see where she is, and in their telescope they can see because they're all in Jonda Town. Yeah, um, and they see that she's on board Bloth's ship. Um, and so they say we're gonna go get her. Um, in the meantime, Conk escapes the sewer mm-hmm. and. Mantis wins his bet of a thousand gold coins and everybody turns into it, uh, or turns their money into him. Yeah. And his human, uh, treasure, treasure chest. chest says, oh, master, how did you know th-? in that voice? So again, this is the nineties. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how did you know that he would get out? And Mantis says, uh, so eloquently, uh, once the constrictors had a bite of conch, why would he have a, want another one? <laughs> um, <clears throat> maybe because he likes pig. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, maybe. So, maybe he's maybe, a pork. Maybe yeah. he's maybe a pork guy. Um, so, anyways, so that's how Conk. I thought that was that's one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, is him winning something. Mm-hmm. Um, so then back to Ren. Yeah, he is saved by Avagon, which I mispronounced last episode. Yes, yes. Um, Avagon find out that he has he's been stung, and mm-hmm. the only way to save him is with a dream. <laughs> yeah, what's a dream? A dream is from a uh, thing your heart makes. Uh, yes, a dream is a wish your heart makes, but it's also a slug that they have locked up that they've somehow managed to keep with them, and it just puts you it it they put it on your arm and it sucks up the poison, but it also gives you what Ren calls later in the episode a fever dream, <laughs> right? And how would you describe the fever dream, Richie? Um, it is again another explanation of the series, so it's an exposition. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the fever dream, it almost looks like the logo at the beginning of the episodes the water's kind of swirling there's a black image and then the face of his father king optimus primus of octopon yeah shows up with his octopus crown which looks really cool mm-hmm. and king primus is a really cool looking king oh yeah like absolutely. he's very much it doesn't look like he's a stock character if they he, actually designed him well he looks like king hyrule a little bit the king of hyrule combined with um triton yeah um and probably some other characters if you've ever seen footage from the the zelda cdi games that nintendo unfortunately released um you can uh it kind of looks like that which richie will look up in a second nope i know exactly what you're talking about okay i'm also a zelda fan uh i would probably reference the zelda tv show which was probably on around the same time oh, yeah probably pirates of dark water but nowhere close the same quality but great quotes excuse me um yeah so um okay so he uh is that from something 
no, no. You just call me a princess. Just, just called princess. That's fine. Because um, we have to talk about Tula's princess. Next. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know anymore. I thought Tula was going to be a princess. Um. Oh, yeah. So, But we have to talk about the b- dream still. Oh, yeah. We're still so in the dream. In the dream uh, his father speaks to him and he says, you're not just here to save Octopon. You have to save the world from evil evil which is the dark water is enveloping the world yeah and if anybody if evil which in this form is bloth takes takes all 13 treasures of rule the world will be destroyed by dark water yeah so as we continue from the show the beginning is kind of like save octopon um and it just can progressively gets bigger and bigger that the whole fate of the alien world of myrrh yeah rests on ren getting all 13 treasures of myrrh yeah of rule, sorry. <laughs> I think, the, and they also requote the age-old rhyme. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the prophecy. So, yeah. in the this short third or five-episode miniseries, they at least quote it twice um, about the the thirteen treasures of rule. Yeah. Um, eventually, Ren wakes up and he is fine, and the people in the belly of the Maelstrom plan reluctantly plan a attack up aboard yeah. on on uh on the decks uh what's her face the the friend who is also the advisor of the of king primus avalon avalon avignon and uh avagon there we go she had to tell them you know you can escape today but there'll come a day when bloth controls all black water and yeah. no place will be safe mm-hmm. so they join them and then they they're going to plan an attack what up do on they deck. say um so richie uh, in the first episode, when we're trying to find a tagline to end the show with, he's like, no, for sure. They say ever the quest. And we've been saying ever the quest for the past four episodes. And uh, Richie, what is the actual quote that they uh, say in this episode? Ever the quest. Nope. What uh, is it? Sometimes the quest. Nope. Always the quest. Maybe the quest. Always the quest, Ren. It's always the quest. Always the quest. Which it's it's always the quest, right? Is that what they say? Always the quest. Yeah, which doesn't sound nearly as good. But as... it's fine. Always the quest. Ever the quest. Always the quest. You know, it works. It, it works, but it's nowhere as cool as ever the quest. Right. But um, that's fine. You know, I'm not gonna edit these old episodes. <laughs> so then we go back to Tula, the betrayer. Mm-hmm. Sam, why don't you take on what what happens with Tula? She goes to meet Taryn. Taryn. Tara. Taryn is also a name. Is uh the prefix Terra means Earth or ground? Right. Am I right? Right. <laughs> okay. That's that's good. Go. Keep going. Thank you. So he's also part tree because right. you find out tree Earth. You know, it's all kind yeah. of comes together. Uh, you find out that Tula's home island. Home island is of. of and Doris. And Doris. And he's a necromancer. Yes. So he he his quest was to try to save Andorra, but um he couldn't because it was engulfed in dark water. And oh, sorry. So, he's an evomancer. I was gonna say ec- necromancer ec- is like, Ecromancer Ecomancer. There we go. There you go. So he, he can control the weather and he knows how to stop the dark water for the most part, or at least subdue it for now. But yeah, so like Tula is I don't they don't say she's a princess, but she's uh she's from that home she, island she's and she's at least an agent from them. Yeah, yeah. So she is important still, so whether or not she's a princess, we'll find out. But uh she is an agent and uh yeah, so uh you know, she finds out that she can't save uh her home island, but she can save the world 
If only, if only Ren was still alive. Wait, why can't she save her home island? Because it got destroyed by dark water. Yeah, so because <laughs> they show a clip of the island being devoured by dark water. And it's it's gone in an instant. It's like a giant tree mm-hmm. island. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, like a, the city is built into the tree, which is probably several hundred feet tall. Yeah. And dark water just consumes it. Oh, yeah. And, and it's ne- gone. The necromancer just says, I can't, I can't, Ecromancer says that he can't stop dark water. He can only slow it down. But the more that he meddles with uh, manipulating nature, the more, the faster dark water can grow. Yeah. So this was actually, I was reading this online. There is a requirement back apparently early in the 90s um, that cartoon shows had to have some sort of educational feature to them <laughs> I, I think i've heard about this yeah so it uh actually plays into them having to this is the first kind of episode where it's kind of pushed to the forefront the earth is being polluted yeah it's yeah. essentially pirates of dark captain planet well yeah it makes sense because if this was on any of the turner networks um then that would that would make total sense and i i didn't catch that that's a good good call <laughs> Yeah, so it is a little eco, more eco-friendly, and it has that, we've compared it to Fern Gully before, but that idea of the over-encompassing uh, pollution, which is just black goop just taking over everything, and uh, we gotta stop it. Right. And if only Ren was alive. And fortunately, Ren is right outside the the cell where uh, Tula's talking to Taryn mm-hmm. and he says I am alive and she goes over and she's like you're alive and she introduces him to Taryn and as she's taking a fish off his head because Nidler was eating fish mm-hmm. uh, this is the prince of Octopon Ren <laughs> um, and Taryn's impressed with him um, Taryn can't leave because he has to eat from his dirt bed yeah. which is special dirt mm-hmm. because he, he like sprouts out roots yeah Um. And so they form a plan. Tula says, I think I can get back the compass and the treasure Ooh. if I can stomach it. Um, so I think she goes, I think she goes back in to talk to, no, she doesn't go back to Bloth's no. cabin. It's, no, there's, um, aren't they stopped by Ioz? Almost. Okay. Dark water comes. That's right. Bloth is inside his cabin and the ship, the uh, maelstrom is being attacked by dark water. Yeah. Um, and it's it's actually sh- it's rolling a little bit. Yeah, it's strong water. enough to to tip over the boat. Right, and then Ayaz shows up in their cabin and shoots shoots them, but somehow <laughs> manages to not actually hit them in yeah. their flesh. He just like nails down their clothes. Yeah, Bloth is making fat, so he just rips up and like nails him to the ground <laughs> and says, "Ah, you can't get away, Ayaz." Yeah. Um, and also Lando is with him. <laughs> Zuli. Zuli. There you um, go. And so then they tie up. They tie up Ayaz. I don't remember them tying up Zuli, though. Mm. I think that he got away somehow. Yeah, something. 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 Anyway, so then they're on deck. Ayaz is tied up to a pillar. Mm-hmm. It's not It's not a, a mast because it's not that tall. Um, well, the mast got destroyed in an earlier episode. That's right. Yeah. Ooh, and then there's that there's a guy on top of one of the crow's nests that looks like he's in <laughs> a, he looks like he's in this uh bone cage yeah. and he has giant eyes yeah. and they're always asking him uh, what do your elf eyes see <laughs> legolas and he's like mm, no dark water anywhere <laughs> um but this time he's like there's dark water and the other, all the other pirates are like no no duh yeah. is attacking like the ship's moving you'd... it finally becomes so okay so question about 
how dark water works. Um, Taryn can see it. Because um, he has visions. Because he has visions, but then um, normal people can't see it until it gets close to them. Is that how it works? I think I think that Taryn just has visions that it's coming. Because he's always like, it's okay, coming, yeah. it's coming, it's coming. And like, there's none here yet. Mm. But then eventually it shows up. So I think that he's seeing visions in the future. Which Got it. also happens in Ren's fever vision. Yeah, this fever dream, yeah. So then uh, uh, he's bloth, he's threatening Ayaz. I think he's going to kill him. And then yeah. Tula comes up and tries to flirt with, uh, with Bloth. Yeah, and this is all part of the, not the refugees, the prisoners that are escaping onto escaping from the bowels of the maelstrom, <laughs> uh, with with the uh, with Ren and all their team, and they yeah. say we only have we can give Tula five minutes to get her plan to work. So mm-hmm. she's trying to flirt with Bloth, saying. So tell me how oh, this how this plan works to be commander. <laughs> um, and I think that Bloth at one point said, she sells out her friends. I This is my kind of woman. Mm. <laughs> and so uh, she's trying to flirt with him, which is disgusting. Yeah, it's weird. Um, it's kind of like, it reminded me of Jasmine and Jafar a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah. But a fat, fat pirate Jafar. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Ayaz becomes really angry. Somehow summons super strength, breaks off the pillar from the ground that he's tied to, yeah. and swings it at Tula. Ren rolls his eyes and says, of course, freaking Ayaz. <laughs> Ruining worst timing ever. Um, and they start their attack. Yeah. Uh, it cuts over to Zuli, mm-hmm. which he has a fight with Mantis, and Mantis is like pissed at him because Mantis owes him one gold coin. <laughs> <laughs> Which doesn't seem like a lot because he just he just bet a thousand gold coins <laughs> that freaking Conk would survive the constrictus. Yeah, but I mean, I, I I figure that that's he he's never good with any of his money, so it makes sense to me. Right, and Mantis is a, apparently a good sword fighter because Zuli, who is a good fighter, mm-hmm. uh, Mantis says you've never been able to get the best of me one on one. Yeah, and he like knocks over Zuli, and Zuli's a big guy. He's yeah, the yeah. opposite of Mantis in that he's fat. Has a red beard. Mm-hmm. Um, they spent money developing his character, unlike yeah, yeah. all the other stock characters. Yeah. Um, th- who's that one stock character that you notice in the background? In the oh, episode? so there's a guy that looks like Nigel Thornberry just in the background. He has this really big hooked nose and a red uh, mustache and a red ponytail. And he looks just like Nigel Thornberry, which is voiced by uh, Tim Curry, who is the voice of Conk. So there's a connection. Fun connections. <laughs> Fun connections. Great. Cool, Sam. Great. <laughs> Thank you. Um... So he fights. He says, uh, you're right, Mantis. I can't get the best of you. But he landed right next to his human treasure chest. <laughs> yeah. And he grabs the treasure chest uh, and jumps into the water with him. Um, and he says, oh, by the way, Mantis, I cheated at that bet to win. <laughs> and so Mantis is, is angry. Um, well, he lost his uh, human treasure chest. Right. That's that's really the sad part is he lost the human treasure chest, not the, all the gold that was within it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so the fighting breaks out. Tula and Ayaz are fighting, and Ayaz breaks his bonds on his own. So yeah. clearly something's wrong with this ship because everybody <laughs> can escape it at all times. Yeah, it's very easy to it's, escape. It's just it's really big. Why so. didn't the other people just escape? I don't... Well, and they're escaping now. Yeah. So, they were saying that now is the time because they seemed pretty safe under under there. Yeah. Um, but then the 
Indarwa lady. I can never remember her name. Mm-hmm. I'll pull her name up. Um, she's fighting. She's fighting Bloth, who has the compass and the first treasure. Yeah. Because when he and Tula talked, uh, she gave him the treasure. Mm-hmm. And Avagon fights him, and she falls off the side and is hanging onto the side of the ship. And right at the bottom is black water. Dark water. Dark water. Um, <laughs> and we know we know that dark water eats people. We've seen it once before. Yeah. So in we're the like third episode. Yeah. Yeah. In the third episode. Um, so we're kind of scared for her. Mm-hmm. Ren runs down and saves her, pulls her up at the last second. Yeah. Um, and then they climb up to the top and she's fighting him again. Uh, Ren somehow, I think he throws the sword of Primus. Yeah. Cuts a flaming catapult, which, why was there a flaming catapult on the decks of a ship? Why was it flaming and why was it They're ready? They're getting ready to shoot it at something. Maybe. I but don't know who prepped it. It, but it's, but it's just Bloth. Yeah. And he's on fire. And he drops Avagon and he's putting himself off putting himself out with water. And Avagon lands in dark water. Yeah. Um and it cuts away really quick, so you're like, maybe she's gonna be saved. Maybe she's gonna be saved. No, she she's she dies. Di- she dies. It's the first time a major character on our side just dies. You know, well, no, that's not true. The king dies in the first episode. But. King dies. Lizard guy dies. Uh, I don't know if David Bowie dies. That was kind of ambiguous. Oh yeah, there. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, and she says, uh, always, always the, the quest. quest. Right. So she says the catchphrase. Yeah. Um. So Ren is angry. He f- sidekicks, flying sidekicks, mm-hmm. Bloth. His um, up B move. <laughs> his up B move. Um. They're fighting off, and somehow. Uh, Ayaz and Tula get off and get onto the Wraith. Yeah. Um, so does Zuli. Mm-hmm. Um, and they ask Zuli for help. Zuli gets onto the escape raft, the escape pod, like C3PO and R2D2, and says, yeah, yeah. Hey, I got my treasure. That's all I was here for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ren and Bloth, somehow they fall over the ship and land in the same dark water that Avagon is in. Yeah. Um, and you're like, Wait, a, this doesn't quite make sense. There's no way that these two characters are important are going to die. And Dark Water is pretty much consuming them yeah, yeah also the maelstrom is on fire mm-hmm. um which it would be fitting if at the end of the miniseries the the ship is gone yeah um but no the pirates throw down a hook and get bloth up yep and ren is being engulfed in dark water and yeah. he's, he tells them to survive i think oh at this point he's in the dark water ayaz and tula see him in dark water and then run off to the other side of the ship and jump off saying yep he's dead yep too late oh well too bad ren it's not like this has happened before it's not like we've lost you before we're already over you um but the as ren the black water is totally consuming him. again it's dark water I, again dark water i don't know why dark water <laughs> it's only the name of the show whatever um the necromancer taryn ecomancer ecromancer <laughs> tells he's gonna be a necromancer if ren <laughs> in dies. a second yeah um, he tells him to plunge the the second treasure that he gotten from the bird lady mm-hmm. um, into the water. He sticks it in, and it becomes a bath bomb. Yeah, it's a bubble. It's a bubble bath. It's like a, a Mr. Pink bubble, bubble yeah. bath. Um, Ayaz and Tula think he's dead, mm-hmm. um, but then he shoots up out of the water. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, they're great, glad he survived. They pull him onto the race. So the treasure really actually does stop physically stop Blackwater. Yes. And Tyrion had a rod. Dark that- water. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not me. Jeez. <laughs> he catches on. <laughs> so 
Uh, this yeah, this might become the pirates uh, or the podcast of Blackwater soon. Um, no, it yeah. So he plunges it in, and the treasure really does actually stop the dark water. And um, the the legends are true, and the the vision he has was was real. And now we know what can stop dark, dark water. water. <laughs> and Taryn could shoot like a beam from his magical staff. And Taryn kind of think he's a blonde Gandalf. Yeah. Um, he's able to shoot dark water with his beam, but it kind of just disrupts it, I think. Mm-hmm. But not very much beyond that. And he can also summon storms and things like that. The so, very dangerous thing, but he can right. do that. Yeah. So Ayaz and Ren and Tula are on the wraith. And Bloth is angry because now he's lost Ren, the compass, the first treasure. He doesn't realize that Ren has the second treasure um, at this point. Um, But he calls on Terran, I need a tidal wave. I need a hurricane, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But Nidler grabs Terran by the shoulders and brings him onto the wraith. Yeah. Um, Which Tula, interesting, scoops some of the magic dirt in a bag so Mm -hmm. that Terran can eat. Yeah. Um, and Nidhi flies them off and they land on the Wraith and they're all happy. Well, no, they're not all happy because there's a storm ahead. Oh, there's a storm ahead. That's right. They say there's a storm ahead. Uh, Ren like summons his spirit, his Mm. spirit compass and says that way to the storm. And all of a sudden they're enveloped in like mystical power. Yeah. And it shoots up into the sky. Yeah, isn't that? And that's partly due to Terran, right? Doesn't Terran help out? I don't. I think it's just the Ooh. Prince of Octopon has the has the compass and true two treasures of rule. Yeah, and is on the quest, mm-hmm. and just the power of friendship <laughs> has come together. Yeah. They're no longer betrayed. They're victorious, and this this all this thunder and lightning. Yeah, the music swells. And the skies open up as their magical powers go up, and He Man comes out of the sky. Okay, we'll just lower the volume I'm, a little bit. And, and the skies open up, and they go on their quest, mm. uh, continue on their quest, and that always is the quest, always the quest, and continue further on. And that ends the miniseries. Yeah, which, um, you know, if it didn't get picked up, you know, it's it's an obvious cliffhanger. Well, it's not even a cliffhanger. It's a it's a call to adventure. You know, if the show didn't get picked up, you know, oh, oh well. But, you know, thankfully there's 21 more episodes, or not 21 more episodes, 15 more episodes or whatever. Yeah, so that ends uh, the miniseries. And now we're about to jump into the actual series that was produced afterwards. And... Overall, the first five episodes, which I, I know you've seen before, but now kind of rewatching them in this context, being able to talk about it and notice like the lore and the what they're setting up and things that carry over. What is what are your overall feelings of the the mini the miniseries? Yeah, so there's a lot more myth making and world building and uh, consistency in the series than I f- first remembered. Um, you have like the the juice on them that hides who they are for a while. Um, you have the the symbols at the end of each episode that reflect the episode. In this one, it's actually a hand sticking out or down from the top of the image, and then three hands connecting it, showing that all four friends are coming back together, being Ren, Nidler, Ayaz, and Tula. Um, the characters they don't feel like just stock wrote characters. They feel like they were actually spent some time developing them. Ren being like the perfect 
uh, protagonist doesn't seem too trite. Um, I really like Tula and Ayaz. Mm-hmm. They're very fun characters and not stereotypical. Sam was even off uh, off when he guessed that Tula was a princess. I was, and that was that was bad of me. Um, I shouldn't have assumed that just because she's the girl character and has a secret that she was the princess. But making her the agent of of uh, Andorra, yep, making her the agent of Andorra, it still makes sense with what she was trying to find. She she knew that there were her. Oh oh, that's why she was trying to see where who was on the ship. Right, her buddy was on the ship, and that's what she was looking for in the scroll in like episode three or four. Yes, it said prisoners. Or episode two. Yeah, it, it said prisoners. So it does make episode two important mm-hmm. that she finds out that Taryn is on board. Yeah, Taryn, the necromancer oh, who shows, so shows up in book in episode four for a hot second. Yeah, is the only person that can save her home island, mm-hmm. and that's the whole reason that she joins Ren in the first place. Yeah, is to save him. And then she finds out that her island is dead. And there's a great moment in here where she realizes, I've sacrificed my friends um, and I've lost so much to try to save my island, but it's gone now. And then she finds out Ren is back. So it really, I love how it forges their friendship mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't seem trite. It's not just like the first episode where their friendship is is born. It really takes five episodes for them to truly be friends and yeah. loyal to each other. And it takes five episodes for them to have all the treasure <laughs> that they need. You know, like they could have found a treasure per episode and they could be on treasure five by now, but they're only on treasure two. Right. That's another great part of the show is it's not just, oh, here's the next treasure, like the 13 ghost of Scooby-Doo. It's not that... <laughs> It's not that where the, each episode they fight a different ghost that they have to capture back in the box. Um, they, which that show is on its own is kind of an interesting concept for Scooby-Doo in that I think only Shaggy, Scooby, and, and Scrappy. Scrappy. No, I think Velma. No. No, it's just the three of them, right? No, Daphne's in it. I think uh. I think that Velma and Fred are gone. And then there's like the vampire old guy, who, Doctor Strange. Oh, he's yeah, like yeah. their mystic. And I think they have a friend buddy that's Thing, the hand from Adam's family, <laughs> that has nothing to do with Pirates of of Dark Water. But an interesting <laughs> because Pirates of Dark Water is actually well thought out and characters. It's the develop. opposite of the thirteen goes. And you know, like I said, like this is probably my my pick for the best Hanna Barbera show above Scooby Doo. Yeah, Scooby-Doo is Hanna-Barbera. Yeah, it is. Space Ghost, Coast to Coast. That, well, that's a different type of Hanna-Barbera. I think technically Dexter's Lab was Hanna-Barbera for a little bit. Oh, crap. But um, Pirates of Darkwater is definitely up there. Noija Tut. Um, yeah, I should have said Noija Tut. But um, Pirates of Darkwater is is so, like, well, that, here's the thing. So the miniseries definitely feels fleshed out. When we start watching the actual, like, oh, we need to produce this week to week for a full season, I don't know if it'll it'll be as uh, as consistent as the the first five episodes were. But I I'm really enjoying this show. I I love what the the series sets up, and I love the world, the 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 sense of adventure, the treasure, the oh, we didn't talk about the music. So the first five episodes, the music has just been really, really good. Right. The theme song doesn't seem like it was just uh, samples of instruments. It feels like it sounds pretty high quality. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't sound like MIDI or something, you know. It it sounds like it's conducted and um, the music swells when it needs to. And even when the theme song finally kicks in in the normal show, 
like when they're fighting at the last episode it, it works really well and i i want to hear more i want to hear like ren's theme and tula's theme and ayaz's theme niddler's theme <laughs> that, that may be a little bit more than what they could produce back probably, then probably yeah but nonetheless for what it is yeah the music of this show is very impressive yeah yeah it's um you know it's on it's almost on par with like the pirates soundtrack you know the pirates of the caribbean soundtrack like it's not as good but it still swells up that sense of adventure for saturday morning cartoon right i also like how many pop references are in there as we've been making this whole or at least connections that we can make oh yeah so i mean it's no secret that the show is probably influenced by a specific trilogy that was out at the time you have a blonde kid who's heir to some sort of legacy who's been hidden away by an Amperuk and is found and has to fight an evil overlord um it's very is, is the the people he meets up with are you know the uh, a smuggler and a i guess not a princess but you know who's but in a smuggler steals a ship and then has another guy who owns a game house or a, 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 city. a city um <laughs> so in case you haven't been able to to name that trilogy it's star trek yeah we <laughs> i was gonna make that joke but uh, yeah, so the Star Wars connections are are fairly obvious, and and to be fair, it's not not as though Star Wars is an original concept. It is based on the the Man with a Thousand Faces. It's a very archetype, archetypical, 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 archetypical. <laughs> um, it's it's based, you know, it's based on archetypes, and it's 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 you know, both Pirates of Dark Water and Star Wars borrow from the same type of stories. Like we pointed out in the first episode, like they clearly steal the Cantina song, so it's not like dun, 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 yeah, dun, dun, dun. So, so it's not like they're they're you know hiding the fact that Star Wars is a big influence, and you know they didn't have the Pirates of the Caribbean movies to base this off of. The only other big influence I can think of is Sinbad and his voyages across the seven seas. I don't know if there was a Sinbad show at the time. There must have been. Uh, the Brad Pitt movie wasn't out by then. <laughs> But the DreamWorks one, which I just remembered was a thing. Um, the only other thing I can think of is that its other biggest influence is a movie that wouldn't be released for another two years. Which, you know, like, it almost seems like Aladdin kind of takes from Pirates of Darkwater. Uh, right. <laughs> and the show, it doesn't feel like, even though you can clearly see the connections, it doesn't feel like just a cheap spin-off cartoon show. It feels like they've actually spent time and these characters... In, even though they have echoes of other shows in movies and cultural references, uh, they feel original and they feel like they belong on this world that yeah. really, the bounds of this world are pretty big. There's a lot of alien oh, yeah. creatures on here. Yeah, there's no limitations to really what the creature designs can look like. I mean, we have monkey birds, we have these the, the constrictor, which is like a worm alien snake thing with predator teeth and a rancor mouth. You know, and there's uh, all the pirates look very different. At least all the pirates on Botha's ship look somewhat different from each other. I mean, there's some repetitions, obviously, but it at least feels like there's some thought behind it. And, um, you know, we'll see what other creatures we see as the show continues. Yeah. So overall, for early, early 90s show, lots of production value, which, I mean, does in part play into its demise in that it was an expensive show to produce. It looks expensive. And that's, I mean, which is, which is great, but 
you know, I I would hope that, you know, it doesn't get cheaper as the show goes on. But I'm, I'm sure it might. But yeah, like a lot of money, a lot of talent went into this. Um, the voice cast is great. Uh, the writing is pretty good for what it is. And I'm really hoping that I don't know. I, I hope that Pirates of Dark Water. I feel like I'm talking about like a, like this is the last episode, but it's it's not. We have more Pirates Adventures, but yeah, I just I think it's uh, you know, I think it's a really cool kind of tropey show, and that's not a knock to call it tropey, but you know, sometimes you want to watch like an Indiana Jones knockoff or a Star Wars knockoff. You know, sometimes you want to watch The Mummy with Brendan Fraser. Sometimes you want to watch Pirates Dark Water. I I love the the you know i i love what they do with the archetypes and the tropes and i can't wait to watch more it's great i'm very excited for the rest of the show and i'm so glad that i feel like even five episodes in we're having some sort of resolution um they have the treasures and it really took five episodes for them to get two treasures in a compass which just speaks to kind of the epicness. There's, this show is set up to be very epic. There's patience. They're they're not rushing anything, and they're you know the focus is story and character first, over you know an action obviously, but over like other shows like you've mentioned, trying to get just get through the plot. So you know, right? And the characters don't seem two D character wise. Ren, yeah. People could potentially argue Ren is just because he's a little bit of a goody two shoes. He's he's a little flat. He's a little, but, but he's know. also Ren. Yeah, he's also so good. But you know, you you it is a it is a trap of the the trope. You do need kind of that always good, always perfect kind of character for this type of thing. But I'm not expecting more than that out of a Saturday morning cartoon. You know, this isn't this isn't Batman the animated series. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it is what it is and for what it is i think it's pretty great and i'm looking forward to watching the next 20 or 15 episodes 16 17 18 no <laughs> 13 treasures of rule yeah, yeah. In rhyme man i wonder if it'd be crazy if at the end of the series they don't find all 13 which i guess would make sense that they wanted to do more seasons oh, i'm gonna be so Oh no, I, I have a bad feeling about this. I have a bad feeling that the show is not going to get resolved, which is a bummer. But hey, you know, like we said in the first episode, you know, our big goal is one, to get Funko to make Funko Pops out of the characters from Pirates of Dark Water. And I think two now is that Netflix should definitely reboot the show or do a sequel series or a Hashtag season two. Spoilers. Hashtag spoilers. So, and we'll talk about that maybe later, but I think. Yeah, I'm excited to to be disappointed by the ending of this. Yes, so we'll see how it ends because uh as is as I've told Sam before, the series did get canceled. So, you have I to see that. what what sort of resolution happens. I haven't seen the end of the show, so I don't even know what sort of resolution <laughs> happens. So, stay tuned because that'll be the big cliffhanger. What is there a cliffhanger at the end mm. or is there full resolution? All right, so that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Podcast of Dark Water. As always, not as always, because we've never ended the show correctly or started the show correctly. We just kind of do it. Um, my name's Sam, and I am one of your hosts. I am Richie, and I am your other host. And uh, let's say it right this time. Always the quest. It just doesn't sound as epic as ever the quest. But ever the quest. Ever. 
you know what? No, you know what? We're going to change it. Our show is going to be Ever the Quest because we we figured out the better way to say it. So let's end it, it the right way on our terms. Ever, ever the, the Quest. Jeez. All right. Bye.